So producer Ari uh, informed me that Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream magnates, they are going to end sales. This is how they tweeted out. Ben and Jerry's will end sales of our ice cream in occupied Palestinian territory. That's that's really happening. Right, right here. Occupied Palestinian uh, territory. We have a longstanding partnership with our licensee who manufactures Ben and Jerry's ice cream in Israel and distributes it in the region. We've been working to change this, and so we have informed our licensee that we will not renew the license agreement when it expires at the end of next year. Although Ben and Jerry's will no longer be sold in the OPT, Occupied Palestinian Territory, we will stay in Israel through a different arrangement. We will share an update as soon as this, as soon as we're, we're ready. Oh, oh, okay. This is what your fans and trusted partners want. Thank you very much. I will not be eating your ice cream. Also, you are two Jew-hating bastards, and there's a place in hell for both of you. Just so we understand each other, this isn't about policy. This isn't about settlements. This isn't about the plight of the Palestinian people. None of that is the story. Because if Ben and Jerry had any settle, they would be interested in doing away with Hamas and allowing Palestinians to have their lives. But they don't do that. They say, hmm, the the." Occupied Palestinian territory. You mean that Jew land? Yes, yes, Ben, that Jew land. That's, that's it. Oh, please, you don't have to make an argument with me about the fact that they're Jewish. Allow me to now go into the part two of this conversation. What happened to the people who gave up their Judaism for their liberalism? Who believe in their ideology more than their humanity? We're talking about a hatred on a hatred on a hatred that is hard to fathom. Their fans and trusted partners, Jew haters. Them? What does the Judaism matter? I mean, what does it matter to them? The argument one would make is we think that Israel can engage better policies and we're going to use our position in the marketplace to talk to people about it. They did not go down that road. They kowtowed to their so-called fans and trusted partners because they couldn't lose one of those sales or they couldn't lose face. The the facts are the facts are the facts are the facts. They don't change. The disagreement with Israeli policy is, of course, possible and is fine. I put forth to you that the argument here is they oppose to the fact that Israel exists, which is not fine. I find that more and more, more and more, and and this this is horrible. But my, 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 my Judaism is very much based, very much based on the survival and the existence of Israel. I think it should be based on more. I think it should be based on, 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 on far more. But I, I can't get past this, this concept. 
if Israel doesn't exist, uh, uh, what ex- uh, where do Jews go? What's the, what? How much longer do you think Judaism exists? And the more they work to push on Israel's uh, removal from existence, the more I say to myself, oh my gosh, I'm right. I'm right. And I got to do something about it. <laughs> I got to I gotta really do something about it. That's absolutely where I'm at. So, uh, you know what? I'll be eating Haagen-Dazs. What, what, I mean, I got, I got plenty of choices. Hagen, unless they've come out with something political, I'm cool. I was just making a joke. I'm journey. cool. I, I can go to Carvel. I can get, I can get me a cookie puss. Or I can get me a fudgy the whale. I can get one of those. I mean, well, I mean, listen, if we're talking about good ice cream, right? There's graters out of Cincinnati. Have you ever had the graters ice cream? Yeah. Ah, it's brilliant. And then uh, uh, the the Bluebell people, they're back. I like Turkey Hill. I think they do a do a, do a fine job. Uh, locally, uh, I've I've got Handles. They're they're good at ice cream. And then of course, there's just a classic Dairy Queen. So I've got a lot of options. You know, I don't I don't have to have uh, the Ben and Jerry's. I don't have to do it. But maybe I do have to say uh, that while they're fans and partners, I I think fall into that uh, Jew-hating category. Uh, with Ben and with Jerry, um, what happens when you have given up your, your ability uh, to, to uh, engage and when your ideology takes over your humanity? That's a different conversation than whether or not you want to discuss Israeli policy. And they don't want to discuss Israeli policy. They think the policy of Israel's existence is the issue. And well, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. I am sure we will. But I wanted to get into this idea of my classroom. And what we're seeing on this mask issue and, and, a, and a series of, of others, never mind the whole concept of selling fear. Do you know how many people are selling fear about masks? Selling it. This this is CNN. This is this is a twofer. Here here's one. So several questions on that front. But you mentioned um, age, right? And that it it seems to be striking younger people as well. Uh, more effectively than the original COVID. We have obviously anecdotally heard that from other doctors as well. I am a mother of three children too young to be vaccinated. And you talked about this issue, really struck me. You said Delta variant is coming for our children. I know you're the mother of three as well, two teenage girls and a boy under 12, also unvaccinated. And I know you've changed your behavior because of what you're seeing and your real concerns. Tell me. COVID is coming for our children. Variants are coming for our children. No, no, we're not trying to scare anybody at all, are we? Right, so a month ago we felt pretty good about our kids going to play with other people, going to camps. You know, we were having a great, good summer. But as the surge begins and as you start to see that community activity and then suddenly it's like gasoline on a fire and everybody has COVID again, just like they did before, we're starting to dial back on the number of things we do, definitely doing them outdoors again. And my son stayed masked in public places because because he needs to, because he's not vaccinated. And so following the rules we've been following... If your 12-year-old needs to stay masked outdoors, okay, it's your kid. 
Oh, what do I think? I I think you're wrong, but it, it 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 it's your kid. At least you're not a doctor blaming everything on Fox News. But explain to us why you said what you did. Uh, that you don't blame your patients, you blame Fox. Listen, I've seen uh, several COVID patients now every shift for the past week, and and every single one of them has been unvaccinated. When I see other patients, you know, I offer them the vaccine. I try to talk to them about the vaccine. And so many of them are just shutting down the conversation. I had one patient tell me they're afraid of the ingredients in the vaccine. And I asked, well, which ingredients? And they said, well, I don't really know what's in it. And, you know, we're in a highly Republican area, about 40 percent vaccination rate, about 70 percent voted for the former president. And when you now that's not science. That's not science. Molly Hemingway has discussed this. Well, if I can just point, I want to just really quickly, this is one of the examples that you see. People make it out like it's Republicans who don't want to take the vaccine. In fact, 61% of the people who are hesitant about vaccines are not Republican. And the more the media make it out as if it's something that's partisan, that is also going to contribute to the problems. The more that they fail to remind people that it was President Biden and Vice President Harris when they were running for office who said that they didn't have trust in the, in the vaccine, that also makes people not trust what the media are saying. So I think we need to be very careful and not have a forgetfulness about what was happening during the campaign when vaccine messaging was very different but these keep people keep making it political but the idea of getting my kid vaccinated or not is up to me not up to the american association of pediatrics not up to some fools on twitter not up to uh, a ridiculous uh, er doc on cnn it's up to me it's up to you it is up to parents to do this. This idea that we have forgotten what parents mean to the situation. This has this has become a, a, a front and center conversation for me from some tweets that I got at Tony Katz on Twitter from a guy I used to know. Somebody when I was a kid I, I went to Israel with who um, I wouldn't say we're friends. Right? We, we talk a little bit on here, but his politics are, are of radical leftism, and I just, I just have no, no, no need for it. But he's a teacher, and he said something that kind of, uh, not kind of, in every way exposed the problem. And I've had some people argue with me, Tony, you don't mean parents, you need the taxpayer. Go with me on the conversation. We're all in the same place. We were talking critical race theory, and the worst thing that people can do is make the claim that, yo, you don't even know what critical race theory is. Oh, it's not taught in, in schools. It's on colleges. You don't know. We're using the catch-all phraseology. Anti-racism is bigotry. Critical race theory, discussions of oppressed and oppressor, deciding that everything intersects with race and people are guilty for the color of their skin and, and everyone is looking through this lens and, and it's all bigoted and teaching people this and we're seeing how these things are moved about by radicalized teachers who believe that no one's going to tell them what to teach. Well, we tell you what to teach all the time. What do you think a curriculum is? We tell you what to teach all the time. And that led to this line where I was uh, sharing something about critical race theory and how millions of parents across the country have pledged to protect their children from bigoted educators. 
And this guy said, you know, he signed this pledge, which is a pledge uh, about teaching critical race theory. So when they tell you they're not teaching critical race theory, then they sign a pledge to say how they're teaching critical race theory. I know, I know. Trust me, leave that one to the side for now. Happy to take a stand, he writes, for intellectual honesty and against censorship and misrepresentation, especially in my classroom. First, intellectual honesty is not critical race theory. Teaching in an honest way is teaching in an honest way. No one is discussing censorship because no one's saying you shouldn't teach about history. You shouldn't teach kids to hate each other. You shouldn't teach kids that they're guilty. You shouldn't have these uh, exercises where children are purposefully mocked or excluded because of the color of their skin. If you do so, you're wrong. But the line of lines is, especially in my classroom. And I have heard this before. I have heard this repeatedly. And the problem with the Randy Weingartens of the world, who's, who heads up the American Federation of Teachers, the problem with the National uh, Education Association, the problem with uh, woke superintendents, is that uh, it's not your classroom. It's not your classroom. I don't know whatever made you believe that it was your classroom. Teachers need to accept this. It's not your classroom. I have argued that teachers need to be able to control the classroom. They need to be able to control it and ensure that students have the chance to learn there and problematic students are removed, the whole thing. That has to happen. And teachers should be treated like professionals in that way. But it's not their classroom. It's the parents' classroom. You want to argue the taxpayer classroom, you can, but we're all on the same page. We're the ones who decide, not the teacher. The teacher works for us. And this is where everything is getting flipped. The teacher believes that they have the power. Te there are teachers out there who believe that parents aren't educated enough to know what's best for their children. And the teachers are the ones who have gotten the training. They know what's best. They know how to educate their children. That's where this whole idea of it takes the village from. You have to give up your children in order to be properly educated. To who? To people who believe that they should wear masks after the age of two in school when there's absolutely no science for it? No, thank you. I don't care what the American Association of Pediatrics says. I couldn't give a damn. They aren't in charge of my children. I'm in charge of my children. Parents are in charge of their children. And this blows people's minds. How do I know this? I have teachers actually telling me it's their classroom. No, it's not. That isn't the deal. And I'm sorry that you were allowed to go so long with this misconception. I'm sorry that parents so ceded the responsibility of that education to teachers, believing that all teachers were going to do them right, which isn't the case. Parents must accept the fact that the classroom does not belong to the teacher. It belongs to you. And what goes in and on in that classroom is also your responsibility. My advice is to take it. I'm Tony Katz.